People pay money to see me in a 20 by 20 ring. Wrestling fans, and welcome to another episode of the 20 by 20 Ring Crew. It is I, Matt, alongside my partner in crime, Joe. What's going hey, on, Joe? Yo, what's going on? What's going on, indeed? We are uh, we're in the midst of a uh, 4th of July weekend as we're recording, so happy 4th of July to everybody out there. Happy 4th. Everybody be safe and uh, and, and try to en- enjoy uh, enjoy the festivities as, as safely as we can. I'll leave it at that. Uh, as always, we got wrestling on in the background, and and I think this is actually a, a good place to start, actually, because again, we got the double TVs going on, and and side by side, we got what happened on uh, July first, and that is a little bit of competition as we see every Wednesday night, but this is a little bit different. We have AEW Fighter Fest Night One, Night One, going head to head with NXT The Great American Bash, also Night One. Again, happening the same night. We're watching it live. Uh, well, we're watching it side by side, I should say. We're currently we're not we're not we didn't start at the same time. We started Fighter Fest first. Uh, currently in the ring, it's actually the main events: uh, Best Friends versus uh, Page and Omega for the AEW World Tag Team Titles. And on the other screen, we got a what's what's definitely going to be a technical wrestling battle here between Oni Lorcan and. Timothy Thatcher, uh, so that should be a good wrestling match uh, for those who appreciate wrestling matches in WWE. Uh, but you know, there, there's per usual. There's always controversy when it comes to these head-to-head things, and I never wanted to make a big deal out of it, but it needs to be talked about because amongst the wrestling crowd, it's definitely being spoken about. The Great American Bash. It's it's no it's no secret. That it is a product of the American Dream, Dusty Rhodes. Obviously, Cody is uh, the executive vice president of AEW. He has gone after the the name, the copyright of the Great American Bash. Obviously, unsuccessfully. Fighter Fest goes on. You know, they they announce it that it's not going to be a pay per view, but instead it's going to be a special episode of Dynamite. It's going to go on two weeks, as expected. WWE. Decides to do special episodes of NXT. No harm there, right? I mean, it's competition, right? Let's 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 do it. Let's go. Sure, yeah. Let's keep let's keep it going. But the Great American Bash name was being used. Clearly, this has got to be a shot, right? Shots fired. Absolutely, shots fired. And you and I were talking a little bit about this before we started recording. And you know, if you think back, even before. Even before Cody approached WWE with the idea of buying the Great American Bash from them, uh, there's there's always been that that story that like a little bit of uh, myth and lore in professional wrestling circles of just exactly how much did Vince always put down WCW guys. No matter who it was, or guys from the NWA, guys from from uh, just 
other organizations that had it out for for the WWE or the WWF at the time. And you know, you go back. We've touched on this here and there throughout episodes um, in little pieces, but you could almost do an entire episode about that when you talk about um, when he signed Dusty Rhodes to a contract and he put him in polka dots or just the way he handled uh, Dustin Rhodes when he was there you know he, he turned him into gold dust and what a bittersweet ordeal that was for the Rhodes family I mean it, it's it's been it's been a tumultuous relationship to say the least between Vince McMahon and people he's eventually signed to his company after working the opposition and I think this is no different and you know obviously I think it goes beyond the Rhodes family but I gotta say man every time you turn around and one of the Rhodes is involved with the WWE um I think they do it they do it bigger and, and, and better than other people. And so I think he feels the need to answer back that way, you know. Like, hey, let's let's make an example. You know, and it's funny too, I, I haven't sat and checked on the network, but uh I'm I'm wondering now this weekend if there's any other content with uh like specifically with Dusty Rhodes or or yeah, uh, you know, like a highlight or a special feature on the Great American Bash over the years, things of that nature. Which, yeah. if, you, if you if you have time, and you want to check it out yourself, or you don't have a subscription, twenty x twenty crew dot com slash podcast slash WWE Network. That's all one word, and um, let us know what you find out. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised. They seem to do that all the damn time. Remember when? Years ago, when Kenny Omega was supposed to yeah. possibly come over, and so they had that one little hidden gem episode the, on there. The real Omega Man. The real called. Omega Man. It's like, <laughs> oh man, you're fucking kidding me. They yeah. actually did that. So, yeah, to me, yeah, absolutely shots fired. And uh, I, for me personally, when it comes to these, these quote unquote shots, um, they're very interesting these days because this is nowhere near what the the WCW versus WWE situation was. This is not the Monday Night Wars. Correct. Yeah. Nowhere near it. I think Jim Cornette put it into some very interesting perspective recently. He said somebody had brought to his attention the ratings. And uh, the previous week here, so uh, the end of June, NXT beat out AEW Dynamite by roughly, it was like somewhere in the neighborhood of like 250 or 300,000 viewers, which is, that's a hell of a lot of viewers, but AEW was at like six, the later part of 600,000, closer to 700,000. So you add another 200 to that at the very least. And you have NXT's ratings. And he put it in perspective like this. He said, you know, AEW wants to change wrestling. And, and you know, they think they're doing that. But they got beat out. And, they, and even though it's one week, they got beat out. They got beat out in a big way 
by what the WWE considers their developmental league in NXT. And it, it just, it hit me like a ton of bricks. Like, he's right. He's so right. You have, you know, I you know I don't know the, the ratings per se on Monday Night Raw or SmackDown, which are the flagship brands for, for the WWE, but... Yeah, I unless they're unless Raw and SmackDown are somewhere near those those numbers for 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 at least that week to just give that comparison, he's right, and there's not really uh, much of of anything that anyone can say about this. Whether you're an a, whether you're pro AEW, pro NXT, or pro professional wrestling, so I don't I don't know what to say other than uh, you know maybe Jim Cornette forgets that. AEW has already stated that they're they're not trying to compete with with the WWE. I think they said that quite a bit at the very beginning of AEW Dynamite's uh, Wednesday Night Institutions. Mm-hmm. So, and and I think by by the product they put on each and every week, I think they're they're trying to stay true to that. I mean. It, it is still professional wrestling, but it's professional wrestling for not only an all-inclusive audience, but a, a more modern audience. You know, let's face it, this isn't the 80s. This isn't the 90s, you know, and it's definitely not the 2000s, right. the early 2000s, so, and I'm so thankful for that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, um... Yeah, shots fired, and and they're just they're different kinds of shots, man. And I could go on a whole other tangent about Jim Cornette and how he's he's a little out of touch, but I'll digress for now. So when it comes to to what you said about AEW and 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 the the WWE back and forth, I can't stress that last part enough to everybody out there. Like this is not. The Monday Night Wars. You said you nailed it right on the head. This is not that. Just because you have two companies that are rivals, no matter how you look at it, going back to back on the same night does not make it, you know, one company versus the other. It's not that. And if if that is the case, it is not sparked by AEW. Don't get me wrong. There's shots that have been fired on AEW from, from guys that work for AEW, but a lot of those guys aren't necessarily the executive vice president. You know, they're, they're guys that have their own personal gripes with the WWE and they've been doing that ever since they left the company. Whether it's Impact, whether it's independent wrestling, no matter where it is, they, they take those shots because there's a legit gripe that they have. That has nothing to do with AEW per se. Uh, the one thing that I, I, I will say that so much of what we see on, uh, on NXT, as far as like NXT and, 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 and WWE, I should say, with the, with, with the back and forth against AEW, AEW went on, they announced Dynamite back when NXT was a taped show on Wednesday nights. They weren't live on USC Network. Let's, let's not forget that. A or NXT or WWE put NXT live because they wanted to be direct competition with AEW. It wasn't the other way around. NXT wasn't the entity that it is today because of 
Vince McMahon believing in it. He liked the fact that it was hour long and it was taped and it was just a secondary thing. It got moved because AEW came to town and says, no, you, or Vince McMahon said, no, you can't be here and we're going to do everything in our power to get you out of here. It was, this was never instigated by WWE or this was never instigated by AEW. Same thing goes with doing a special showing for Fighter Fest. Let's not forget Fighter Fest night 2019. That was a free show. Yeah. That was a free pay-per-view. They can't necessarily keep doing that, especially when they have a time slot to fill every single week, every single Wednesday night. So they decided, you know what, let's just do a two-week special show, pay-per-view style, if you will, for for this event, Fighter Fest, especially for the fact that they can't fucking sell the product to anybody outside the general public because, again, we're under a pandemic. So that's not shots fired. Literally everybody else does that. From small independent companies to larger companies like Impact Wrestling, they're known to do that. They rarely ever do pay-per-views now, but they do pay-per-view-esque episodes of Impact Wrestling every or, you know, on Tuesday nights. WWE doesn't like that per se, so they're going to go direct competition. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with saying, oh, there's another wrestling company, we want to beat them. There's nothing wrong with competition. It, 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 it generally breeds good results for the customer, or in this case, fans. But to continuously do the cheap shots like the Great American Bash, look, to all the knuckleheads out there that says, well, it's Vince's product and you can do whatever you want. Yeah, no shit, Sherlock. Of course, that's why he did it. But it, it's it's just a lack of respect, in my opinion. There's no need to continuously go after Cody Rhodes. My thing is, if you really want to beat him, do a better job on your card. Because here's <laughs> here's my issue, because... You can call it whatever you want. You can call it, again, you can call it the greatest wrestling match ever, which they did last month at Backlash, and it was a shit show. It was a a fucking garbage-ass match. Super boring with two guys that can't do it anymore. But here's the thing. AEW's putting on night one three championship matches. Three championship matches are happening. They've all been very solid matches. I'm not saying match of the year candidates, but solid matches. On top of uh, two couple other tag team matches, the Great American Bash so far hasn't done that. You know, this next match coming up is a handicap match we're about to see. It's Real Ripley versus Aaliyah and Robert Stone. How was that pay per view quality? Real Ripley went from being NXT Women's Champion to do to doing gimmicky handicap matches. And you're going to try to sell this as a pay-per-view quality match? I don't think so. Yeah. This is bad booking. You know, you you had uh, you had your Fatal 4-Way elimination match, which, by the way, they didn't build it up as that originally. Now it's an elimination match. You got they're your final two participants in Candice LeRae and Tegan Knox. Let's renew that rivalry. But somebody forgot to tell them that they're supposed to be heated rivals and they're supposed to beat the shit out of each other. They didn't do that. They, they didn't deliver. So you can call whatever you want to call it. You have to deliver on the product. I don't know why people keep forgetting to tell Vince McMahon that. But you have to deliver. You're going to call it something. 
deliver. You're going to call it the Great American Bash. Let it be fucking great. <laughs> it's that simple. <laughs> um, again, Fighter Fest, you know, it, it, has it been perfect? Absolutely not. It, it's been it's been solid. I was I've been entertained. We just saw Page and, and Omega retain the titles. Uh, it looks like they're going to defend it again next week for night two, which is going to happen uh, July eighth for both Fighter Fest and a Great American Bash night two. Uh, and they're gonna they're gonna do it against private party, so that should be a good match. Um, but again, high quality matches. Night night two of Great American Bash should have that with Adam Page and Keith Lee. But my problem with that this is WWE, and I don't see one guy walking out with both belts. I just some shenanigans is gonna go down. My my guess, and that that kind of uneasiness that I have with the product is every reason why. AEW continues to be the live show, and I'll get to NXT when I get to NXT if I do that week. It's for shit like that, you know. Shots are fired. I don't see it as as, as big of a deal because, quite frankly, it doesn't bother the guy that it should be. It should bother. This is Cody's company, if you will. It's not bothering him, and good for him. And if it is bothering him, he's doing his best not to let it affect him. Um, moving on here, we have, uh, we have an interesting topic with a talent that has come up in, in our, in our podcast, uh, quite a few times now, good and bad. (laughs) (laughs) And it didn't end so well. We started off this year with such a big, big victory. For the women's movement and professional wrestling, and it it ends in a firing essentially at home. Uh, we're talking about Tessa Blanchard, ladies and gentlemen, the the Impact World Champion. To, to say it didn't end well with Impact is, is an understatement. I, I I don't know how else to describe it, but uh, the whole story is is quite disappointing, to say the least. Um, Break it down. Break it down to those who don't know exactly what's going down. But, uh, yeah, Tessa Blanchard, no longer the champion, no longer works for the company. And uh, it's been an ongoing battle between her and, and Impact Wrestling for seems to be a number of months now. Her contract was supposedly going to be up um, either at the end of June or at the end of July. With Impact Wrestling, they were looking to re-sign her. Obviously, she is their or was their world champion. For whatever reason, it it could be a few different reasons, but for whatever reason, she was supposed to send in taped promos. Yeah. For episodes of Impact that they were going to edit into the shows in the upcoming weeks. She was going to tape the promos from Mexico where she's staying with her fiancé, Daga, if you didn't know. Mm-hmm. And um, she refused. She refused to send the promos. She didn't send them in. And then on top of it, she was not communicating. No one could get a hold of her in the way of Impact Wrestling. Uh, she was pretty much ignoring them. So that's one thing. And then... After they had to 
not only do without her promos, they had to re-edit the shows um, and edit the content and change content. She just wasn't making any kind of effort to travel mm-hmm. for them um, to be a part of the company. And I'm not, I'm not sure. I'm not sure what, what happened, what kind of communication breakdown that they had to where th- this all happened but I have a, I have a, a problem with both sides I mean you have think about it going into January they make this decision mm-hmm. for her to become their world champion yeah this is something she was okay with something she accepted and now uh, just a few months later, it's all gone to shit, and depending on how you look at it, it from impact, yeah, I don't, I don't know, I don't know who to blame. I, I'm, if it were me, I'm, I'm blaming both parties. But here, you're supposed to have this very prestigious championship, and 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 it makes such a milestone in professional wrestling. And then it just it just goes by the wayside in the matter of a few days. Who's to blame? Is it impact because they wouldn't pay her enough? Or is it impact because they weren't, you know, maybe it wasn't money. Maybe it was something else that she had an issue with. Or is it Tessa Blanchard, the problematic talent that we have known her to be? Was she just being difficult? Did she... Did she back out just because uh, she got a better offer for someone else? Or did she... I don't know. I don't know what to make of this situation completely. But I think it's shitty. I think it's shitty for, for everyone involved in in pro wrestling. And, and, and who's a fan of pro wrestling? You, I know a lot of people, especially people from... from uh, Previous generations did not agree with making her a world champion, and now she's just proving them right because she doesn't want to do business with them. And if if it really is about the money, and it came down to that for her to continue on or not continue on as a world champion, the first female all world champion, that's a damn shame. Like you think back. And the only thing I can kind of equate this to is Ric Flair. Because for all intents and purposes, like, that's what they had envisioned in her. They wanted her to be that type of, that caliber mm-hmm. of world champion. She was supposed to be their traveling champion. And what, a few months later, oh, that's it, no more? Yeah. Like, what does that say about Tessa Blanchard as as a performer as a, as a talent what is her reasoning i don't not, i don't th- i don't to think not come to I, not travel i don't think she gave a reason and i know a lot of people were just kind of making the assumption of like oh who would want to travel during this whole covid-19 sure. situation which i understand yeah i totally get i get that too for sure but let's take that out of the equation if they're willing to cover all her expenses and, and pay for anything and everything she needed you gotta look at it too They 
they were asking her to tape promos in Mexico. Yeah, that's so the, that's she, the part that yeah, I don't. Yeah, so she I didn't like. have to yeah. leave, and she still didn't want to do that. So it sounds it sounds very accommodating. It sounds like they were trying to be accommodating. All you have Absolutely. to do is get in front of a camera and send them the tapes, and they do the rest. Not even send them the tapes. I mean, we live in a digital world now. Yeah. Send them the send them the video. Yeah. So basically, record, email. Do whatever the fuck you want to do. Sure. You know. Um, and then on top of that, you know, she they, they booked a match. So did they ever did they ever get any kind of confirmation that she was for sure gonna come to Slammiversary to your knowledge? Because they booked her. Because when, when ra- rumors were running rampant that they were gonna strip her of the title, you know, there was that, that Scott Demore came out and says we earn things around here, and there's going to be a five-way match. Tessa Blanchard is going to going to defend the title against four other participants in a five-way match, assuming there that Tessa Blanchard had at least verbally agreed to do the show. I don't know if that's if that's happened. I'm asking you. Do you know if that's a thing? If she gave confirmation, that, yeah, I'll be there. I think to that, at least drop the title. I think initially she agreed to the match. Okay. I don't. I don't. I don't know that that necessarily meant that she was going to be there at the show. Okay. So she agreed to drop the title, just not when she dropped the title. Right. That's my understanding. Boy, oh boy. What a, <laughs> what a, what a clusterfuck. Yeah, I mean, it, it's hard to, to not blame both people. Here, here's the reality situation. And again, this is... We, uh, we're, we're a podcast that likes a fantasy book around here. So here I'm going to fantasy book right now. Put myself in those shoes... I love Tessa Blanchard as a talent. And I would definitely want her on my team. But here's my problem with Tessa Blanchard. Trouble seems to follow her wherever she goes. And it becomes a point now where she became a talent. This is this is not even just, just one case. This is a, a continuous thing. With yeah. Her. So there's, there's certain people. Let's say Joe and I are running a, a company. There's certain people that I know... I know I can sign, and, he, and Joe's going to be like, oh, fuck it. You got her? You got him? Great. I don't even need to run it by him and vice versa. Like, there's, there's talent out there that exists. Like, you can get it and get it for the right price. Do it. Tessa Blanchard is no longer that person. Because now you have to sit around with everybody in the room and say, look, she's one hell of a fucking talent. I'm never going to take that away from her. But God damn it, is she a fucking headache. And... How do we handle a person like this? You know, we want to bring her in and give her our titles so she can what? Shit on it and and not send it back? Because no matter who you blame here, I agree with you on blaming both. But I also, I'm blaming her mostly because she could have just been from the get-go, I'm done, I'm out. If it's COVID-related, fucking say it's COVID-related. Yeah. Just say it. You know, and and if, if you... You don't want to do the promos? Then say, then give them the fucking belt back and just be done with it. Be done with it, because no matter how you feel about a company still putting on shows during a pandemic, they're still putting on shows during a pandemic, and they still have to put on TV. And until they have confirmation or until the match happens. Tessa Blanchard is still their world champion, and you have to, you have to handle it in that manner. 
Now, the way that I would handle it at this point, the moment she told me she's not doing the promos, I'm immediately looking at my legal department saying, can I terminate her contract? Because at that point, you're, you're telling me you clearly are not interested in helping out the product. Okay, fine. I'm not going to take it personal because it's business. You try not to take it personal. personal. So can I terminate her contract? And what can I do about my belt? Tessa Blanchard is no longer part of this anymore. And I'm going on TV as soon as I can. And I'm writing some kind of script or potentially going out there and doing the old Paul Heyman approach and just saying, look, Tessa Blanchard isn't our champion anymore. But Tessa Blanchard is not going to be part of my Slammiversary pay-per-view at any point because she's not doing anything that I ask her to do. Not even cutting something as simple as a fucking promo. You're the fucking champion, Tessa. You're the top person in that company. Act like it. Or give them the belt. And just be done with it. Now, on the impact side of things, they should have handled it in a way of pretty much putting two and two together. She clearly had no desire of being part of the product anymore. So why go out there and force yourself to do rewrites at the rewrites at the rewrites? You know, we're already in a clusterfuck of a pandemic. We're already in a clusterfuck with the, the Speak Out movement. You lost another participant in Michael Elgin, who was also part of that match. And now he's no longer even part of the company anymore. I'm learning today. I, I forgot about the altercation you have with Sammy Callahan. The writing was on the wall. It wasn't like anyone should be shocked by it. When I read that Tessa Blanchard was done with the company, I was disappointed, but I wasn't shocked. I, I, I just I just assumed it was going to happen on July 17th or whenever the hell it's going to be. Or 18th, I believe it is. When Slammiversary happens, I thought she's going to drop the title. We're never going to see her in Impact Wrestling again, or at least anytime soon. She's going to move on. And, you know, everyone's everyone goes along with their business didn't happen that way it happened in a clusterfuck and now as a booker impact wrestling has to do even more damage control they couldn't control the michael elgin thing no that's not on them no but tessa blanchard the writing was on the wall from the the moment she said i'm not doing the promos they didn't even they they told her she didn't have to come and do the tapings just give us promos yeah she wouldn't do that no so for me, she's out. And and that's the thing. Like it, She almost blackballed herself here, at, at least the way I'm looking at it. Because now, no matter where she goes or where she gets signed, that company is going to have to worry. Are we going to be able to rely on her? Yeah. If, if we decide to make her a champion, are we going to be able to rely on her? Hell, even without being a champion, are we going to re- be able to rely on her to show up the moment she she has an issue with something that she's doing, you know, well, where does it end? And it's it's not it's not a good thing for her. This isn't a good look for her for anybody. Any talent it has nothing to do with her as a female. It has everything to do with her work ethic or refusal to work. Yeah, you know. I get it, you know, this is, this whole COVID thing is, is one thing, but they weren't asking you to stay. They weren't asking you to leave. They were asking you to stay where you were, do some video uh, footage, and that's it. Yeah. Simple as pie, and you, you didn't even want to do that. So, 
I'm, I'm chalking it up to uh, as her being difficult. And it, it's sad. It's sad to hear because, you know, you, you look at, um, like, the caliber of, of athlete that she is. You know, she's just as good, if not better, than Charlotte Flair. And if, if the WWE decides to pick her up, which would be a hell of an opportune time now that Charlotte's on the shelf for quite a while. Yeah. Um, again, they're taking a huge fucking risk on on bringing her bringing her in and, and doing things with her because now it just seems like she's just unreliable. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the days leading up to her winning the world title, you know, it came out, she's a bully and all this stuff. And, you know, that's, that's you know, go back to our old episodes, which you can do it over at 20x20crew.com. And check out all all ninety eight episodes of our podcast. Thank you for all the support, ladies and gentlemen. By the way, um, thank you. <clears throat> we we we've discussed that. It doesn't need to be doesn't need to be discussed anymore. But it's just, my point is, it's another thing. It's another unfortunate feather in a very unfortunate cap for her. Now, on top of having a bad reputation, she has this reputation of being unreliable and and that right there no matter what business you're in that's just something you don't want to have writing on you um people need to be people need to be held accountable for their actions i've said that a number of times on this on this podcast and uh and and she needs to be held accountable shame on her um she if she lands the contract with wwe good for her but again uh the, this idea of using Impact Wrestling as a stepping stone was fine until she handled it the way that she did. She let she left the company with no respect for it, and and again, Imp- Impact Wrestling didn't didn't test the waters with COVID. They just wanted something from their champion, and I don't think they were asking for a whole lot. Where they did fuck up again was they didn't pull the trigger fast enough they 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 kept going with the they kept going with it to me this has got to be a cutthroat business it's all about what you can do for me now and you don't you can't perform fine i get it this is a pandemic there's special circumstances that's one thing but you still have a responsibility you shouldn't have taken that belt if you weren't going willing weren't willing to do everything that a champion is supposed to do and another thing I want to bring up too is this was such a big victory for women's wrestling when she won it at Hard to Kill against Sammy Callahan. And this type of situation, because we, 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 live, we live in a backwards community when it comes to pro wrestling. And not only how we view women, but how we view, this, how we view the size of our, of our world champions. You know, world champions still got to be dubbed. They got to be fucking huge, apparently, to a lot of old school people. They have to be. I'll, I'll just say in a nutshell, they have to be huge and they have penises. That's that's <laughs> that's the criteria, and it it shouldn't be that way, but it, that still exists. And this was such a big victory, not just for Tessa Blanchard, but for women in professional wrestling, that you don't have to be defined by one category in in the company you work for. However. When you are the one that's igniting the torch and also the one that is completely 
blowing out the flame all in all at the same time, it diminishes that movement and takes it a huge, huge step backwards. Yeah. And now as a company, not just Impact Wrestling, but as 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 an industry, as professional wrestling as a whole, I gotta say it's it's probably gonna be a long time before we see a woman as world champion again. And, Absolutely. And it's unfortunate because this right here could have been the title reign to change it. And I will and I will say real quick here too, that's not entirely her fault. Obviously the pandemic has a lot to blame for that. I mean you can't defend a title when you're in the midst of a pandemic. And again, I can't be hypocritical and say she should have been there anyways, because then, you know, we I already I already let her off the hook for that. You know, it, it is what it is. I'm not gonna get into that and everybody's personal beliefs behind all that. You don't you felt unsafe. If that was the reason, then that is the reason. And the pandemic has done that with a number of title reigns. You know, you and I off 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 air have talked about Tetsuya Naito, double champion. It's like it, you know, it, it, this is really just watered down because <laughs> you know they've been off the shelf for over a hundred days before now they're coming back by the way we do have uh nights five i want to say of I the believe, new japan yeah, cup i believe so this is also from uh july 1st I, I believe this is the start of the second round yes yeah uh it's bushi and yoshihashi going in there as joe calls yoshihashi he is the default <laughs> character in an RPG. Yeah, that's what he looks like. Especially with that fucking staff he brings to the ring. Like, what the hell, dude? So we'll just call him default player. The default player. Um, but yeah, like, the pandemic has definitely diminished some title reigns for sure. But uh, her her way of, of handling all this is... It's bad. It's bad, to say the least. It's yeah, bad on it's, so many levels, man. It, it, it was definitely, it's very disappointing. And, you know, Impact is going to get d- double the shit now because now they will forever be the company that took a chance on a female world champion and it bit him in the ass. And so now... <sighs> Did it ever. So now you're going to get a lot of those pro wrestling fans out there especially the old school ones told like, you so told you so yeah should have never did it and it's unfortunate no this you know yeah and to those people out there if you're really a wrestling historian you know this is not the first time this has happened uh this is this is, you know there's, there's there's been countless disputes regarding champions and things of that nature yeah i say i say what i say because about the women's revolution being taken step backwards because of this only because of that backwards mentality if if we looked at women as a as an entire industry and look at them like anybody at any time could be champion it would be different it'd be you, it, this would strictly be tessa blanchard is is making herself look bad but unfortunately because you have that much more to prove whether it's fair or not, that's just how it works, ladies and gentlemen. She was representing the women's roster, not just within her own company and Impact Wrestling, but all of professional wrestling. And it, it definitely, definitely makes a makes it more difficult to push women wrestling when, as as far as being in the limelight of world champion, when the first person that ever did that is somebody that handled themselves in this nature. And Tessa Blanchard as a wrestler again, 
I'll, I'll never say she's bad. She's a phenomenal talent. I'd love to have her on my roster, but I can't. I can't sign her just like that. I I got I got to weigh the pros and cons more so than than I would like to because there's a lot of cons with her. She comes with a lot of baggage now, and this is gonna weigh down on her. Speaking of cons, do you think she'll end up in AEW? I like what you did there. That was, that was pretty clever. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that'd be interesting. I mean, I mean, I know Pops is there, but um, you know, I, I I would I would say when it comes down to it, you know, I think it's uh, to me it's a clear cut. It's going to be WWE or AEW. Uh, I think I think there's more for her in WWE right now, as much as I hate to say it. Uh, I, I I know the the women's division could definitely use Tessa Blanchard in AEW more so than WWE, mainly because they they're, they're actually focusing on wrestling in AEW. But I just I look at it, I look at I look at WWE again. We we talk about WWE and AEW. WWE always trying to upsell themselves over against AEW, even though AEW can. I don't think they will give give her as much money as WWE probably will, just so she doesn't go to the competition. Oh, well, and you know what? Too, it's gonna be fucked up if she does. No matter what company she goes to, if she goes there and she plays ball, but even even more so with the WWE because she would automatically be doing more appearances. Yeah, just by the way they schedule things. And if that's the case, and she does make all these appearances, it's like, wow, you really did, you know, she would have really shit on Impact, like, that hard. Right, because, I mean, even during the pandemic, they're doing recordings, what, twice a month? Yeah. Something like that. Like, it, it was it was definitely a very light schedule. And, and <laughs> shitty, shitty doesn't even begin to describe how that would look. But I, I think it's very clear from the get-go. She was looking to be to use Impact Wrestling as a stepping stone. And look, I, I'm not mad at her for that. I, I, you know, That's not the first time that's happened, and it won't be the last. No, I'm not mad at her for that either, but there's better ways to do it. I mean, yeah. why, should, why shit on a company that gave you such a, a, a huge opportunity? Yeah. You know, it'd be different if they were fucking dogging her from the get-go. Right. That I get, but... That's not what happened here. This so, is... so what gives, man? What gives, Tessa? Yeah, uh, that's again extremely, extremely disappointing. But anyways, regardless of that, Impact Wrestling is going to still have Slammiversary. They will crown a new Impact World Champion. It's going to be a, a four-way match now. It's going to have a. It's going to have Ace Austin. It's going to have Trey from the Rascals. Uh, it's gonna have one other person because I can't think of it right now. I'm really selling this, right? <laughs> but one thing I will want to talk about, by the way, before I before we just discuss the fourth competitor, Slammiversary is going to be on pay per view. If you don't know, now you're gonna know. Slammiversary will be live on Fight TV. Our good friends at Fight are they do all the Impact Wrestling pay per views. If you don't know much about them, please visit our website. We'll tell you all about them. 20x20crew.com slash podcast slash fights. That's F-I-T-E. If you haven't watched anything on Fight, I'm telling you, you're going to be in for a treat. Tons of wrestling, tons of MMA, 
and boxing and Muay Thai and other combat sports like bare knuckle fighting. A good chunk of it's free, but there is premium content that you will have to pay for, including Slammiversary. But we do got something special for you. Again, visit our website, 20x20crew.com slash podcast slash fight. That's F-I-T-E. Click on that link. Become a new subscriber. Yes, you Yes, you do have to be a new subscriber to do this. But if you do, we will give you credits, $15 worth of credits to use towards Slammiversary. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, it's going to be a good one. And we need to talk about surprises that's going to happen because there's going to be a surprise participant now. Originally, it wasn't going to happen. Okay. But now it's happening. Who do you got? Because I figure I'll, I'll throw it out here. Okay. So everybody else can play along too. We, we talked about it briefly last week, episode 97. Again, 20x20crew.com where you can catch all of our past episodes. Episode 97, we discussed the COVID situation with WWE. There was a ton of talent that was cut. I'm going to say we can probably assume that it's the fourth participant is going to be one of those guys. Yeah. Who do you think it's going to be? Well, if if they're a very cryptic uh, trailer for Slammiversary has anything to do with uh, who's coming over for sure, I think my money's going to be on Rusev. Wow. By the way, real quick here, Eddie Edwards is the third guy. Okay. So, there you go. Sorry, Eddie. <laughs> <laughs> Forgot about you. Yeah, I think I think it'll be Rusev. I think Rusev will be the, the, the fourth person. And uh, I... Call me crazy, if that happens, I could easily see him picking up that belt right away. What, what better way to reestablish that belt pretty much overnight with with uh, such a substantial talent yeah you know that would for my money yeah I got another guy and it's not because I necessarily want to see it but he is a guy that is synonymous with impact wrestling who did not have a very successful career in WWE and that's EC3 now EC3 in a recent episode of impact was obviously teased because of the situation with Moose. Moose is walking around with the TNA World Heavyweight Champion. He's the true champion. I'm not a big fan of Moose's in-ring talent, but I do like this gimmick. I, I think it's a really good heel gimmick. He's the tr- he's the real champion. He's defending it every single week, too. Um, he won. He defeated Hernandez in a match a few weeks ago, and EC3's music was playing, and it's very clear that he's going to come sure. to, to Impact yeah. Wrestling. He's coming back home if you will because that's where he became a star likelihood of EC3 being the fourth guy I know you and I are probably one of the few guys that are fans of Impact that are like nah, I don't really care <laughs> but he again he is a, he is kind of synonymous with Impact Wrestling in the new era of Impact Wrestling until he left you know what That that's I wouldn't book it that way I'm not saying EC3 shouldn't be a part of that mm-hmm. that uh, heavyweight title picture, but 
I think it would be a hell of a bigger surprise if it was Rusev. I agree. You know? I think, uh, again, again, I think, you know, you established the fact that professional wrestlers are not judged by what they did previously. It's the fact that Rusev is a legit talent. No gimmicks. No stupid fucking love angles with his wife or ex-wife or whatever the fuck she is to him. Like, just straight up wrestling. Yeah. Let's just bring wrestling back. You know, that's that's the whole point, right? I think that makes sense. And as far as in-ring talent goes, and, and this is this is saying something for me because Rusev was an acquired taste for me. But Rusev can fucking go. Well, I think he was for a lot of people. Yeah, it's fair to say. I mean, but, uh, you know, Rusev, Rusev has definitely, his, his in-ring ability has skyrocketed. And I don't know, I don't know if it's a combination of just experience, if it's, if it's, it's a, if it's one of those things where his conditioning has got better because, you know, he was just really just a bigger guy. That was really it. But like, there's a lot more agility in his game on top of the fact of him being a powerhouse. I think he works well in that, in that mesh of, of, of characters. You you got Ace Austin, you got Trey. I'm talking about the match, by the way. I'm talking about matches, the entertaining factor. You got two guys in Ace Austin and Trey who are obviously your high flyers. You got Eddie Edwards, who's kind of like your all-around guy, if you will. And then you have Rusev, your established powerhouse. That's a good mesh of guys. EC3 could be that too, but I just I've never been sold on his in-ring work. No, and. and... I agree with you. I'm I'm not completely sold on EC3's in-ring work, but I do think it'll be better in Impact than it was in the WWE. I agree. So just simply, well, one he's going to be booked. Yeah, he'll be booked, and then <laughs> <That's a> start. <laughs> yeah, and then also, uh, you know, he's got much more experience with uh, a lot of the guys on the roster already. Yes. So, I think it'll work. Uh, I think it'll work out better for him there, but uh, I'm still not completely sold on him and his in-ring work. Um, but just watching Impact over the years, you know, it would. It would be a, a big deal if Rusev showed up in that match and then won the title. I could see where people would think of it as a cliche, like, oh, he's in the match, he's probably going to win. Mm-hmm. But that's still a big fucking deal. I think a much bigger deal than EC3 showing up, being in the match or winning. Yeah. You know? Because what's the alternative? EC3 is the fourth person. He does the match, and somebody wins, and then Rusev shows up? Is it, that's, is that's it some Hulk Hogan shit right Well, there. I'm saying, is it, still, is it still that same level of shock? For me, no. Right, yeah. So, I'd like to see it go that way. Rusev, EC3, we do know for sure, Diana Prazo, who was another one of those names that was cut from WWE due to and, COVID. And, and, and see, and here's the thing, like, hypothetically, let's fantasy book that. If she showed up in Impact, had fucking Tessa Blanchard left the company in a better way, they could have easily, I'm not saying that I would personally do this, but they could have easily thrown her in the mix in that match even if she was just a filler talent yeah and you know kind of opened up the field a little bit and still went with that intergender mix and 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 uh, another female possibly vying for that world title 
That's not gonna happen. No, that's I could really, do. I can, yeah. yeah, I can guarantee you that's wow. not that, gonna that's happen. A, that's a really good. That's a really good point. Uh, and again, I that's that's the whole concept of playing ball, Tessa. I mean, you you fucked it up for everybody else. Um, but I bring up Deanna Prazo because she will for sure be there. She is going to challenge Jordan Grace for the for the Impact Knockouts Championship. She made her Impact debut a, a week or two ago against uh, Alicia Edwards. Solid match. She definitely showcased herself um, as a legit talent again. <clears throat> I I, I got to point out because I, I know I know I've had this conversation with people, and I said I would I did say that I was going to talk about it on the podcast. So I got to bring this up to change gears here a little bit. Deanna Prazo. Uh, she came out, had a match, and, and immediately was butchered for a number of reasons. Uh, it, you know, the, the ridiculous reasons of, of her size. You know, Deanna Prazo did put on weight. So did half the fucking roster in wrestling. I mean, I, <laughs> I mentioned that about Jake Hager. I was like, oh, he's got fucking quarantine weight. Yeah. Um, I, let's, you know, let's, let's not be fucking stupid about things. Yeah, so what? She did. But my point is, like... You know she's getting butchered about everything. She 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 couldn't hack it in NXT. First of all, she wasn't on NXT. She was on NXT UK, which I'm sure you guys didn't watch. Um, but my thing is, is you know she was called yet another WWE scrub that couldn't make it in that company. And and I, I gotta point it out because I want I need to correct people just so hopefully they think a little bit before they speak. And I know they won't, but I I pointed out. The, the the guy that we saw or just not just recently uh, take on Roderick Strong and that's Dexter Loomis. Um, you know, here's a guy that wrestled for Impact Wrestling, was a scrub. He was Samuel Shaw, and, and I think it's his real name too. He was Samuel Shaw. He was a fucking scrub. Couldn't fucking hack it in Impact Wrestling. Goes to WWE and becomes somewhat of a star. So my point is, for ladies and gentlemen, I'm gonna I'm gonna correct you before you continue. To say shit like to that about EC3 or Rusev. Just like every, everybody else. Not everybody's going to shine at every single company. Like, you know, sometimes you can go to a company and you just are not fucking used. Like a Chris Jericho, for example, in WCW. In the later years of WCW. His later years in WCW. He left one company to go to the next. And within two years, he's world champion. Yeah. So it just it just happens. They're not scrubs. It was poorly booked. Yeah, it's not always solely based on talent, unfortunately. It you know, there's there's still politics that go on. There's still just bad management decisions that go on. Like it could be any number of things for any talent out there, for any company. You go to a company, maybe you just don't mesh well. With, mm. with the brand or the company. Maybe, you know, maybe you get hurt. Maybe someone's politicking against you. Like, all that shit can happen. So, this this idea, this culture of like, oh, slop, you know, this person is sloppy seconds. No, that, that, that's, that's just, it, that's faulty logic at this yeah. point. Because there, I, I dare anyone to sit there and fucking tell me, prove to me. That there's one wrestler out there that has been with the same company for the entirety of their career, because it just doesn't fucking happen. There's yeah. no way. It's it's yeah. It's, there, it's not it, logical. By, by by that faulty logic, everybody's a sloppy second. Mm-hmm. You know. 
Triple H, Undertaker, they were sloppy seconds of yeah. NWA, WCW. You know, I mean, look at look at fucking guys in in other promotions. I mean, I mean, or guys in there now. You know, in, indie darlings to to guys that uh, you know that were in WCW that became stars in WWE again. Chris Jericho, you know, guys like uh, Eddie Guerrero. You know things like that. Like it's it's extremely rare that guys or girls stay at the same company forever. Uh, it's just it just it rarely ever happens. Um, just because you're not booked doesn't mean you're not talented. Just because you're not the champion doesn't mean you're not champion. I mean, are we gonna sit here and call Roddy Piper a shitty wrestler because he never won the world title? Apparently, someone out there is. <laughs> I, I, I I would I would love to hear that argument. But yeah, so that's. That's a that was something that I just had to get off my chest because I said out if if you're listening that's for you. Um, Diana Prazo is somebody that I've been watching since her indie days. I love her in Ring of Honor. I was excited for her when she went to WWE, but let's face facts, we could pretty much guarantee how that's going to go almost all the time. It's very rare that they push anybody new. Um, that's why we have as much as as much as as good as Charlotte Flair is. That's why Charlotte Flair is still in every single fucking main event. I'm I'm surprised she's not in the main event while hurt. I mean, <laughs> she's fucking wrestling in a hospital bed. You know, well, like that's how much they fucking overbook her. Because even good talent is is dubbed bad when they're overbooked, and that's you know kind of the like Becky Lynch situation that I had over fucking booked. I, I, I don't I didn't care about her anymore. I mean I know she, that's not a thing anymore. She's no longer wrestling, but you can be overbooked. Absolutely. Taking a step back real quick, please. If Tessa does go to the WWE, there's one person I would love to see her in a match with, and it's for all the wrong reasons. Oh oh. I would like to see Tessa Blanchard versus. The monster herself. You know who I'm talking about. The the fucking big green rookie who they keep trying to push. The, you mean the 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 three year at least three years rookie? Yeah, three years under a belt. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. I think uh, I think that situation would be explosive. I think one of them would, uh, would would easily get tired of the other, and we might actually see some real heat happen. So I'm looking forward to that if, if and when it does happen. It's going to be interesting because it seems like when it comes to Nia Jax, those are feathers you don't want to ruffle. Not because people are necessarily intimidated by Nia Jax, but it seems that that woman particularly walks on water there. Uh, that's why you can pretty much almost put Charlotte Flair in a, you know, in the hospital on, by in, uh, by her own moves and get away with it. Because um, somebody that makes the company as much money as Charlotte Flair does, if you almost injure her, like that should be a death sentence. But somebody like Nia Jax, it's not. And it'd be interesting because here's somebody with a bad attitude. And I don't care what Booker T says. I know Booker T just recently try to uh, defend Tessa Blanchard. Look, book, I know you I know he has more experience in the wrestling business, but 
let's call it what it is. It's it's pretty black and white there. Shitty fucking attitude. It is what it is. Again, I'm not one of those people that discredit her in, in the ring because that would be absolutely ludicrous. But her as a individual, as a person, bad attitude is putting it nicely. And to see that type of person in a in an environment, especially somebody that you know doesn't have that kind of backing, you know doesn't have the 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 backing of somebody like Nia Jax has, and it's like those are just feathers you don't want to ruffle, because that seems to be like somebody's you know when it comes to Nia Jax, like there's. There's the John Cena's in the world, and then there's the Dwayne Johnsons, and anybody that's a part of that family has gotten away with so much shit. We want to talk about people being vilified for things that they do outside the ring. Let's not forget how shitty the Usos are as people. <laughs> Let's not forget the fact that how many fucking wrecks they've caused. Because of drunk driving. And they still have jobs. Great talents. Yeah. Horrible fucking people. Should have been fired a long time ago under those standards. But that name says a lot. It says a lot. You know? So, I don't know if Tessa Blanchard is uh, is ready for that kind of environment. Because it's going to be back against the wall all the time. If, if she's going to continue to have a bad attitude. She's going to have to learn to play ball. Are you familiar with the philosophy of taking one step forward and two steps back? Yeah. Hear me out. Tessa gets signed to the WWE. She does She does a little bit of time there. But inevitably, her and Nia Jax get into it, which causes her to leave the company. And then she makes her way over to AEW with... With the the approach of them using her bad attitude, the one that got her kicked out of the WWE as her gimmick. What say you? Does that work for you? Does that does that uh, solidify her uh, back in your good graces, as it were, or 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 does it do nothing for you? You know, it's hard for me to answer that question. I mean, you know, a, a good gimmick has always been called by many in the business who you are as a person amplified. And that's pretty much it right there, you know? <laughs> so, I, I on paper, I mean, it's just kind of just like, well, it's, if that's who she is, then it, sh- it should work in theory. But I think what it comes down to, again, you know, where does reality become too much and does she start causing issues with doing jobs and that's that's where I you know as good as good as a gimmick may be you still have to finish the job you still have to do the job and and Tessa Blanchard I don't think has been accused of not doing that but at the same time have we seen everything out of Tessa Blanchard yet and I don't. I hate talking so bad, so so poorly about her because I do love her entering a, a talent. But you know, it's just, have we seen? Have we? You know, is this is this it? Is this like the tipping point of it? 
or are we still in the middle of everything that we're going to see in the career that is Tessa Blanchard? And I'm hoping all there's the bullshit? yeah, I'm hoping there's more to it because if this is it, man, man, it ain't much. I'm talking about the controversy. If, if you're you were we talking about the same thing here? It, well, yeah, I mean, if 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 this if this situation is going to keep following her everywhere she goes because it really is the kind of person that she is. Then yeah, then yeah. I mean, okay. I really, fair. I really hope there's more to this. I really hope there's more, more Tessa Blanchard, more Tessa Blanchard, the professional wrestler, without the fucking attitude, who wants to do business, than what we're seeing now. Here, speaking of impact, sloppy seconds. Here's uh. Cameron Grimes, he's also a sloppy second of Impact Wrestling. Uh, again, the list goes on and on. Um, Tessa Blanchard is, is somebody that's, uh, is, is again, this is shrouded in, in, in controversy right now. We're going to continue to talk about that as time goes on, of course. But I, I do want to point out something that I just saw on, on NXT, the Great American Bash. Again, we got the Great American Bash going on night one. We got night five. Of the New Japan Cup going on, um, something that I wanted I brought up in our itinerary for last week we didn't get to because I forgot about it, but it's something that that needs to be discussed. I think it, it's important here because we talk about we live in a world right now, and I'm not going to get political because this is a very touchy subject, and I don't want to I really don't want to fucking deal with it. But we we, we talk about being respectful to culture. I'll okay. leave it at that. Sure. In the world. That's that's happening throughout the entire United States right now. Look it up. Google it. Alright. Um, something that has gotten to the point to where, you know, people want to change names of certain sports teams and and things of that nature. It's because it's disrespectful to culture. The question that I I continuously ask, and again, this is not a political question per se, but just a question in general. Where do we end that? And who is who is off limits and who is subject to be criticized? And, and the point that I'm trying to make here is the Speak Out movement, for example. It seems to be attacking just the wrestlers, just the talent, the workers. But lest we forget that a lot of the, I should use the term a lot because I don't know that for sure, but there are CEOs that have clearly been a part of misconduct. And I'm not going to speak on Speak Out right now for this topic, but I'm going to speak on the racial divide that we have going on right now. And again, only certain individuals, and I'm not speaking on race here, I'm speaking as, as in general, more or less class, if you will, of certain individuals or companies that are not being vilified for things, but others are. And I never understood why WWE always seems to be off the hook when it comes to these things. We pick and choose who we want to vilify and respect on culture and as a Latino, I have a problem with what they did 
with Alijo del Fantasma. And I wanted to bring that up last week. And again, I just forgot about it. Here's a guy. We see him right now being advertised for a six-man tag on night two of uh, the Great American Bash. Here is a Mexican wrestler a who has a ton of a ton of following in the Mexican culture. Now, I believe it was last year in a uh, Lucha de Puestas match, he lost his mask to L.A. Park. Now, in the Mexican culture, losing your mask is one of the biggest things that could ever happen to you. The point that I've, I've brought up on the show in the past was Triple Mania 2018, when the second to last match was a title match for all three of the top titles in AAA wrestling, which is AAA, by the way, is for all intents and purposes, the WWE of Mexico. We'll leave it at that. The main event that night was Dr. Wagner Jr. versus Psycho Clown, mask versus mask. Nobody was champion, but it was your mask. It was your identity. It was who you are. You know, he lost he lost that mask and he gave it to LA Park, which is tradition. Okay. Comes to WWE and they book him as Elihil de Fantasma. And he goes through a tournament, wins the Cruiserweight Championship and through a, a tournament because it's it's vacated because of uh, because of COVID related. Uh, sure. The Jordan Devlin could not uh, compete because he's overseas. Um, so the they crown a new champion. He wins it, and then a couple of weeks later, what happens? He, for no apparent reason, just rips the mask off, and he denounces the name, and he's now wrestling under the name of Santos Escobar, which is a completely fucking made up name, because they, I mean, they couldn't even use anything close to his name, and maybe that was his choice. I don't fucking know, but. You know, let's you know, let's just come up with the most Latino-sounding name we can come up with, I guess. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I mean, the rest the rest is history. I mean, he forms a faction. Uh, El Legado del Fantasma is the is the name, so he's still using the name, but as a as a as a as a person of Latino culture, as a person that loves professional wrestling as a whole and tradition. Am I the only one here that has a problem with him just going on TV and ripping his mask off as if it never existed? I get he lost it to L.A. Park. You know, so everybody out there, yes, he lost it already. He lost it in, in Lucha fashion. And I don't think he would have done it had he not have, have lost it to L.A. Park. But it just... This seems very a la Rey Mysterio and WCW. Let's just take the mask off just for the fucking hell of it. I don't know. What say you? Am I am I alone here? If I'm alone here, please, I mean, explain explain why. But I I'm just I got a problem with what I saw. I'm not going to sit here and try to be inside Elijo's mind, but there, there's one thing that uh, I will say, and you can feel free to disagree with me or agree with me. I am also Latino, and growing up, I don't know any Latino that has not taken advantage of opportunity. 
and I think for him, I think things are a little bit different and less traditional for him because he did already lose that mask. Mm-hmm. And so coming here to NXT and and um, being a part of of all that, I think it was I think it was a much easier decision for him to agree to taking the mask off again since it already happened. Mm-hmm. I think this would be a completely different situation if he had not already had been demasked. Then we might be talking about a whole different ballgame. But being that it happened already, I think it didn't matter to him as much. And he got shown some money, and the rest is playing out now. Him and the uh, legado de... Fantasma, you know the legacy of, of of Fantasma. So that's that's my opinion. It's not fact. I'm, sure, you know. No, again, I, I'm not in his mind. But for me, that's that's what it feels like to me. You know, I look at somebody like Andrade who came in as just Andrade. He didn't come in as La Sombra and right. rip his mask off. I think that's where I I, I look at it as. Well, you got to remember too, like. That happened, like, that was, it was almost separate. It was like, you know, he was La Sombra. And the moment he decided to get in bed with these guys, he did, He made that decision. I'm not doing it as La Sombra. I'm coming in as someone else. I'm going to allow them to rebrand me. So it's it's a little bit. I know I'm probably splitting hairs here, but it's a little bit no. different of a situation. No, I, I, he, he had the, he had the, the high, the not the hindsight, the, the intuitiveness, to sit there and like, hey, I'm going. This is the way I'm going to mm-hmm. preserve the heritage of that mask and that character in La Sombra, mm-hmm. and I'm going to leave it at that. I'm going to close that door. And open a new one. Where, as with Iho, again, it already happened to him. Probably didn't give too 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 much of a shit, or, or as much of a shit as we would have liked him to have when it came to taking the mask off again. Yeah, I, I to me, I, I guess that's that's the problem that I have is is I wish it would have just been. If you're gonna be Santos Escobar, just be Santos. Because if you think about. Um, Rey Mysterio, mm-hmm. when he did it in WCW, if you go back, he got talked into that. Yeah. Almost muscled, depending on the shoot interview you listen to. Right. So, again, yet another hair I'm splitting, but it's almost like a case-by-case basis <laughs> yeah. with these guys. I, I, and, again, I, I'm not I, – I need to point out, I'm not one of those people that are, are – and I'm not attacking anybody here by any means – but saying you need to change name or you need to do this or whatever, do that. I just, I, again, I just, where do we draw the line? Again, I mean, you look at Latino wrestlers, for example, they're just, they're dubbed that in companies like WWE. They're not looked at, they're rarely looked at as anything more. Uh, and it's, it's the same thing with other ethnicities. I mean, I look at somebody like Io Shirai who's in the ring with Sasha Banks. Sasha Banks who clearly clearly night and day so much talent that she possesses and and 
still struggles to get over in that company. I understand she's won half of the tag team titles now. It took a pretty decent heel run to get her that way. But, you know, here's a person that won... Well, not just the heel run. She fucking pretty much took her ball and went home for... She did. You know? Yeah, I mean, and well, let's, let's look at it this way. I mean, winning how many women's titles? Three world titles? Three, four? And having zero goose egg in title defenses? Losing all the time to Charlotte Flair? I mean, that that's going to fucking affect people. Yeah. You know, I mean, she's... I'm not going to sit here and have the debate who's better, Charlotte Flair or Sasha Banks, but, like, if you're going to have a rivalry, it needs to be a rivalry. <laughs> it doesn't need to be a beatdown every single time. She's losing constantly. Um, but let's look at somebody like Asuka and Kyrie Sane. I mean, let's put them together and call them Kabuki Warriors and say that's not racist. That's not something that's, you know, discrimination kind of thing. Like, that's my thing. It's like we're picking and choosing a little bit here in professional wrestling. And it's like only certain people are being vilified for things. And it's it's a little frustrating because it's like, let's do it across the board then if we're going to do this. Let's, let's, let's play this across the board. And if that's really the case, then Vince McMahon really shouldn't be the CEO of WWE anymore. Um, and no, that, I'm not trying to use that as a way to get him out. He should be out as CEO because he's fucking terrible at his job. But, uh, yeah, I, I had a fucking problem with that because Mexican wrestling, I mean, let's let's not forget that, you know, 14 years ago, whatever it was, we had three of the best Mexican wrestlers in the company riding around in, in fucking jumpsuits and lawnmowers. Yeah. It's 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 disgusting. It's disgusting how how the how this is this is going down. I mean, Andrade has got has had decent pushes. Angel Garza has had decent decent pushes, you know, and and hopefully it stays that way. But it's hard, it's hard in this company, and and who knows how far Santos Escobar is really going to go? He's the current cruiserweight champion. He's having a heel run right now, but when he drops that title, where does he go from there? You know, and it's just it's it's just it's a really a, an alarming thing, and and I don't want to bring that up on the on this podcast, but I felt that it needed to be discussed, and 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 maybe I'm over I'm overthinking it, and that's fine, you know we're all entitled to our opinions here, ladies and gentlemen, I get that, but uh, I just had a problem with him just just bringing the mask back only to take it off, like just leave it off, leave it in Mexico if that that's the case. You want to come to the states. And be something different. I don't got a problem with that. You're not the first guy to do that. And you want, you're not going to be the last. Just, just leave it alone. Just leave it alone then. Uh, especially don't lose it in that way. I mean, L.A. Park is supposed to have your mask. And I don't know. I, 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 I hate when tradition goes out the window. I mean, some things, some things are tradition for a reason. And they should stay that way. And that's one of those things that it's not hurting anybody. And it should have just been left alone, but that's just me. Um, but yeah, uh, that's Santos Escobar is uh, is no longer the, the ghost, if you will, the son of the ghost. So, but um, moving on here, ladies and gentlemen, this is uh, we're we're at that point in the in the year, it's summertime. It's again Fourth of July weekend, or shortly after that. There's gonna be a ton of sales going on. And if you're looking for a good deal, I want you to go over and visit our partners over at Junction Collectibles. They, I'm telling you right now, 
I, 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 I'll never send you anywhere that I don't personally shop. Collectibles galore. Anything you're looking for. If they don't got it on the site, they will get it for you. And yeah. they'll get it for you for a price that you just can't find anywhere else. They definitely thrive on uh, special orders. Um, it, it really is a place for collectors, like for real collectors. Uh, I, I shop with them as well. And um, as a matter of fact, they have been so kind as to lend us a promo code for the month of July here on the 20 by 20 crew. Uh, you can head over to junctioncollectibles.site. That's dot S-I-T-E. And use the promo code 20X20July all month, all the month of July for 25% off your entire first order. I don't know about you, but that's a pretty hefty promo code right off the bat. So please take advantage of it. Don't thank take you. our word for it. Yeah, thank you again for, for listening to, to our podcast and... Uh, Thank you again to Junction Collectibles for, for their hospitality. So, again, that promo code, 20X20JULY, it'll get you 25% off your first order over at junctioncollectibles.site. And once you uh, once you do that, I, I implore you guys again to tune in to Impact Wrestling because more things are going down. There's a lot of bad that's happened over the course of, uh, let's say the last couple of weeks for a number of reasons that we've already previously discussed but there's some good news in the form of the good brothers <laughs> <laughs> the the recently released tandem of Carl Anderson and Luke Gallows became free agents but apparently they are free agents no more they are officially coming to Impact Wrestling now I made the I guess you can call it a joke now, but I made the point that they, they come to Impact Wrestling during a time where Impact is on Access TV, which of course is, is owned or at least ran by Mark Cuban, and immediately it was, let's do business with New Japan. We got, I got two wrestling networks, two wrestling companies on one network, it makes sense, but New Japan really wasn't interested. And because of that, New Japan gets blackballed, and they're no longer on Access TV. <laughs> and it's it's funny because, you know, if anybody's going to bridge that gap, God, it would have been those two guys. Yeah, it would have. It definitely would have. Uh, but <laughs> Timing is everything, I guess. Timing is everything. But again, it's like that, you know, move one step forward, take two steps back, mm -hmm. or vice versa, and... Here you have these guys, you know, they they tried to stay with WWE and yeah, you yeah. know, they signed a, a multi-year deal and uh, as Jim Cornette put it, you know, if you sign a 5-year deal for a goo gob of money and you only work 90 days, well then you didn't sign a 5-year deal. You signed a 90-day deal. <laughs> and that's what happened with these guys. So uh, they did the next best thing for them and Again, now they, they don't have that option to work for WWE. Mm -hmm. And you could tell they were unhappy and definitely underutilized there. Like, what what's next for those guys? So they're, they're making the most of it. And not only are they part of the Impact Wrestling roster now, but as a part of their 
contracts, they get to work for New Japan Pro Wrestling um, as they see fit. So I know the the gates uh, to Japan aren't uh, necessarily open for us at the moment, but man, I cannot wait. I cannot wait, especially since that very cryptic Slammiversary trailer kept showing them in Bullet Club uniform. So, again, you have the Bullet Club, you know, possibly popping up in yet another company all over again. Spreading that, uh, spreading that, that BC mentality, man. And, and, uh, at origin, originals at that. Oh, yeah. geez. So, yeah. I'm excited, man. You know me, I love me some Bullet Club. You know, I mean, Bullet Club, for, for a lot of people, that, that fad kind of died when the Elite left. Um, and that's fine. They, those those fans can go. But, like, they, they, again, the Bullet Club is, is, is everything that other factions wish they could have been. No matter how many times Triple H wants to poke fun of it, he never could have envisioned anything like the Bullet Club. And it's, it's, an, it's, it's crazy to think that yet another company could feature this faction and it's you know you talk about innovators professional wrestling it didn't start with the elite ladies and gentlemen it started with four gaijins taking over a japanese company the way that they did and after pandemic post-pandemic world i guarantee you that that faction that group of, of, of wrestlers are not going to waste any time in, in going back to revolutionizing the business because that's what they did you know you can credit so much of what the elite did to the success of the Bullet Club but I, I disagree the Bullet Club was everything to the success of the elite the elite doesn't exist without without the Bullet Club name. It just doesn't. It's just another group of guys calling themselves a, a clique, if you will. Yeah. That's all it is. It doesn't... Yeah, it, so it, it, it never existed. And, and if you ask the guys, if you ask the elite, they'll tell you the same thing. But I'm, I'm, I'm speaking to the fans out there. The Bullet Club created a lot of what you see today. AEW probably isn't a thing if those guys didn't become successes in the Bullet Club. So let's not shit on what the Bullet Club means. <laughs> Be, you know, it's, it's so many people do. Yeah, so many people do. And and I, I think if the powers that be can get everything correct and handle the ins and outs of the business side of wrestling... God damn, are we in for some entertaining television, ladies and gentlemen. Hell yeah. And if this is the case, this is the case, I'm telling you right now, assuming that we are going to be post-pandemic sooner than later, hopefully for many reasons, hopefully, let's look at Impact Wrestling not as just an alternative on Tuesday nights, but as a actual legit threat. Again, I think this right here is could potentially be that... that that spark that puts them up to a WWE level because we are now talking about companies. You know, AEW is supposed to be that company that was going to work with other companies, and it hasn't happened so far. 
but Impact Wrestling and New Japan Pro Wrestling together putting on legit fucking shows. Yeah, it's I, I really think that the other companies are in for a rude awakening because there's a lot of talent that can be shared and is everybody's gotta get their head out of their asses and everybody's gotta stop living in the past. <laughs> I think at some point New Japan's gotta stop living in the past too. They did shitty things with their talent. They did shitty things with Naito. They did shitty things with Okada. But that was a different company back then. Yeah. The guys that, that did that were responsible for that, they don't they're not even working for Impact anymore. It's time to move on and let's let's do business with each other. And I really hope I really hope that the gap is is uh is bridged and, and, and we're able to have that because it's not just a bullet club name, but that's the start. That's the start. That's the start. Yeah. Oh yeah. But you if you look at if you look at what what comes over L I J chaos and everybody else that exists in that i mean i know it's pissing tanahashi off that that idea <laughs> but he can stay his ass at home if he doesn't like it because <laughs> we're not having another kenny omega thing going on but um god damn I, I i absolutely absolutely love that i uh, that that possibility i mean i what i want what i've wanted for a long time and i know you agree with me whether we get that or not i mean that's Obviously, that's the ideal situation that it is a bullet club related thing, but I just want the fucking machine gun back. Yeah, hell yeah. I am tired of this nonsensical, goofy side of Carl Anderson. <laughs> I want the fucking machine gun. I want, I want a badass motherfucker in that ring again. I do too. And Carl Anderson is one of the most legit talents you will ever see, and he never showed up in WWE, and it's a damn shame. It's a damn shame because that's that's this time he can't get back. I mean, he made a lot of money. Good for him. There's no doubt about that. You know, I mean, you got we all got bills to pay. You got you got to make money somehow. But goddamn, did I miss the machine gun? But um, yeah, ladies and gentlemen, like there's a there, there's a lot to look forward to, and 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 you know, living in a in a pandemic world, there's there's hope. There's hope for for the future. So, uh, and that's something that we're definitely going to talk about in the coming weeks. But I think that's gonna do it for us today. Absolutely. Let's wrap it up because we got we got some celebrations. Fourth July. We, we need to go celebrate. <laughs> Safely, of course, ladies and gentlemen. Safely. But uh for everyone out there that wants to reach out to us, how can they do it, Joe? Check us out on Twitter, twitter.com slash twenty x twenty crew. Uh you can catch us on Instagram, Instagram.com slash twenty x twenty crew. We are on Facebook, Facebook.com slash 20x20 crew is our official page but we also have a group too facebook.com slash groups slash 20x20 wrestling talk come talk to Matt and I and, and a host of others and uh, figure out what the hell is going on in the wrestling world um, we are also available via email um, 20x20 crew at gmail.com for the time being where you can send in your questions, concerns, and comments. And of course, as always, 20x20crew.com, where you have all of our past episodes, all 98 of them at this point, and uh, merch, shopping, the whole nine. It's there. I want to give a special thanks to, uh, to our sponsors. Again, we watched uh, all of our wrestling on a... Fire Stick or Roku device, which you can get over at Amazon. 
Visit our website, 20x20crew.com slash podcast slash Amazon. Go through us and help us out and and support the show. And also, too, get yourself a free 30-day subscription to Amazon Prime. It is absolutely free for the first 30 days. You can cancel any time if you don't want to keep it. But again, 30 days, absolutely free. Also, I want to give a special thanks to our friends over at Rays. If you want a gift card of any kind, if you don't want to use your personal credit card or whatever for the for the WWE Network, you can visit our website, 20x20crew.com, slash podcast, slash raise, and get yourself a, 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 get yourself a gift card. Discounted gift Discount, card. Discounted gift card. Please, yeah, excuse me on that. Also, too, if you got stuff that you don't, you don't want, yeah, as far as cards go, yeah, you can sell them. Sell them, sell them, make money. It's all about making money, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, it, another successful, another successful week, Joe. I think is in the books. Ninety-eight episodes, man. We are just two away from the century mark, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for all your support. Thank you. Uh, we continue to try to think of new content and new ways to entertain you. We are a growing podcast. We exist off your word of mouth. So if you can. Hit the like buttons, hit the share buttons, do all of that stuff. Follow us on, on those social media platforms that Joe mentioned and do us that favor. And as always, continue to support professional wrestling because especially during these times, we all need that support and, and, and love and passion that we have for this industry. Until next week, though, I've been Matt. He's been Joe. Ladies and gentlemen, you've been fantastic. And until next week, we will see, see you, you in, in the, the ring. ring.